Welcome to the Dead and Married Podcast. Hi, hi, hi there, my little droogies, and welcome to the Dead and Married Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley, joined by my husband, Travis. Hey. And today we will be discussing the 1992 horror-dark-comedy mashup. I don't really know a good genre for this movie. Dead Alive. Also known as Brain Dead, it is directed by Peter Jackson, who you may know from his work in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the Hobbit trilogy, King Kong, amongst many other things, and among his cult classics, Bad Taste, and Meet the Weebles, or Feebles, sorry. It, it was written by Stephen Sinclair, Fran Walsh, and Peter Jackson, starring Timothy Baum, Diana Penyalver, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, and Elizabeth Moody. So the scores from this movie from IMDb, 7.5 out of 10 on user reviews and a meta score of 54. Just looking through some of the user reviews that they've left here, a lot of eights and above, actually. I haven't found anything below an eight. Some of the, the headlines here, oh God, I love this movie. All-time best horror comedy could be. Faster, harder, brain-dead, intestines can really kill you. Good, grisly, fun. Overall, it seems to be, I guess what you'd call a cult classic. Oh, yeah, definitely. If nothing else, it's a cult favorite. Yeah. It is said to be one of the bloodiest films of all time. I mean, they used 300 liters of fake blood. And during the infamous lawnmower scene, the blood was pumped at five gallons per second. And something that I think is pretty funny, the Spanish title of this is... Tu madre se ha comido a mi perro, which translates to your mother ate my dog, which I find hilarious because that is easily one of my favorite scenes in the movie. So I love this movie. There's a really high nostalgia factor in it for me. I saw this movie probably when I was nine or 10 years old. It's one of those instances where I was at an aunt's house and she let me watch movies I wasn't really supposed to watch. Me and my sister always stayed up late with her and watched Cinemax after hours. Not exactly sure sure how we ended up coming across this gem. We might have rented it for all I know, but I adore this movie. It's it's one that I can put on at any, any time if I need a laugh and I don't, it doesn't skip a beat for me. Like I am always engaged whenever I watch it. Travis, what are your thoughts? So for me, it's, it's not one of my favorites at all. I just, it's, I don't know. It's hard to describe. It's all about gore. I mean, there, there's some good one-liners in there, but overall, I think the whole thing, it's just disgusting. They, they put that 300 liters of blood to good use. <laughs> oh, I'll say that. I Well, for me, I think that the fact that it's so over the top is part of its charm and part of what makes it so funny because it's just ridiculously unbelievable. Having said all that, let's get into the plot. And now it's time for your obligatory spoiler warning. We don't just spoil movies here, they are spoiled rotten, so listen at your own risk or turn back now. So our story begins on Skull Island. Isn't that the island from King Kong? Or is that just the name of one of the movies? They named it Skull Island. You know, I don't know. I'm not very familiar with King Kong. And didn't Peter Jackson do that one too? Yes, he did, which I also have not seen. (laughs) Admittedly, the whole uh, big monster or big animals and kaiju thing has never really been my genre. So I guess he just finds something that he thinks works and sticks with it. I guess so. So we had this zoo official and his guide desperately trying to get off of Skull Island with a big crate 
they're carrying and they're gunning like hell out of there. And we don't exactly know what's in the crate. We don't know why they're running, desperate to get out. But we see a group of indigenous people chasing after them, trying to prevent them from leaving with whatever's in this crate. Well, the guy, the guy tells them as they're running that the animal's evil. But we still haven't seen the animal yet. So at, at this point, we don't know what they're talking about. Right. Just that it's small and it looks like it'd fit in an overhead storage bin. <laughs> but the natives catch them, right? They get they get them mm-hmm. stopped. And the, the, the one that appears to be the leader warns them that evil spirits will get their revenge if they don't release this creature. Mm-hmm. It's a rat monkey. Sumatran rat monkey. It's a rat monkey. <laughs> So they do manage to get away and get into their Jeep. Well, the the zoo official is. I think the guide is running behind the Jeep. But the Jeep hits a rock all of a sudden and the crate kind of bounces. And during this turmoil, we discovered the zoo official has been bitten. So everything kind of comes to a halt and everybody bails out of the Jeep and they're looking at him like they're they're completely freaked out. Yeah, so the audio on this one was... On the on the one that we watched, the audio was crap. So I couldn't really understand exactly what they were saying. But they kept saying the same thing over and over again. And it was kind of like, I don't know, maybe Walking Dead took their page out of this. Like, whatever part got bit, you chop it off and they're going to be okay. Yeah, they kept... This wasn't Herschel and he didn't just lose a leg. So they, they, like, they see him, he's been bit on the hand, so they chop his hand off. And then they see he's been bit on the other arm by the shoulder, so they chop his arm off. And then apparently it had bit him on the head, so that's the end of the zoo official. <laughs> so in the words of Jake from Candyman, can't fix that better off dead. <laughs> but what cracks me up is they keep saying this word and it's like Zangaya or Zangaya or whatever. And every time I just think Zandaya, you know, a little chick from Spider-Man. So always gives me yeah. a giggle. I'm, yeah. I'm stupid. <laughs> Next time we're gonna have to watch it with subtitles on. <laughs> I guess so. But anyway. Yeah, so we're, we're minus one zoo official. But, but in order to continue to forward the story, the, uh, the guides in true capitalist fashion decide to take this evil thing that they've been wanting him to release for the, the you know the first five minutes of the movie and sell it to the zoo anyway <laughs> so they can keep the money naturally so now we move into the main story our main group of characters and we open up with paquita and she's a grocery store clerk that she works in with her family and they set her up that she's really kind of looking for her great love her soulmate and there's this milkman that kind of comes in a vendor type situation he comes in and she got she has the hots for him and he kind of seemingly may have the hots for her too but he also kind of at the same time seems uninterested in her um me and my sister we love to quote this part a lot because he's like that's a lovely dress paquita (laughs) so (laughs) we say that to each other all the time or text it to each other again love this movie so much but her grandmother notices that she's taking a liking to the to this guy and she's like hey so let's go look at some tarot cards and see what's in store for you so they begin looking at these tarot cards and she does tell her that she's going to have one great love and it will last a lifetime so is it just me or does grandma kind of look like the old lady from drag me to hell a little bit yeah i guess i kept waiting for her to like brush her face and say thinner or something (laughs) oh i was thinking of drag me to hell no both (laughs) No, both. Both movies. Yeah. 
Grandma also notices that there's kind of some bad juju being set up with these cards, but she's not really willing to to worry Paquita with it right at this minute. Paquita's like, well, what does that say? What? And she's like, no, 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 forget it, forget it, forget it. Meanwhile, we meet Lionel, who has come into the grocery store to pick up I guess the weekly groceries for him and his mother who he lives with and Paquita's acting like she can't be bothered. She's just like, get out of my face. At this point, she's got Milkman on her mind, right? So he goes in and he's he's kind of a bumbling idiot, I guess. I don't, I don't, I mean, he's very awkward. He's very shy. So he doesn't know how to really talk to her, but he needs his order filled. So while he's standing at the register, he's like, oh, I'm going to grab this licorice too and knocks it over. And the way he knocks over these pencils and this licorice happened to make one of the images on the tarot cards. So this is a big moment and Paquita realizes, oh my gosh, it's him. And funny thing, I also noticed that the card that was supposed to represent Lionel said, called him the Black Knight. And the licorice that he was reaching for to buy was Black Knight licorice. So I just thought that was a little interesting thing. So we follow Lionel home and we kind of see our setting, which is this town called Wellington. And it looks very small and, and quiet and peaceful, but it is the capital of New Zealand, right? Yes, it is. But it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't have that big capital feel to it. It just looks like any other small town, you know, everybody knows your name type of situation. Anyway, so we follow Lionel home, like I said, and his mother is kind of standing in the kitchen waiting for him and says, there's a bug, she wants him to kill it. And right away we establish that she, I mean, she just gives off a vibe that she's domineering, wouldn't you say? Definitely. And a psychopath because she's going on about this beetle while she's waving a butcher knife around. I mean, how else are you supposed to kill a beetle? Seems legit to me. Seems like a little overkill. Well, you know, there was that time I burned the house down for spiders, but we won't talk about that. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyway... So she has this letter and has and wants to announce to Lionel that his mother got voted the treasurer elect of the Wellington Ladies Welfare League, also known as the WLWL. So since these important guests are coming, it's all hands on deck. She well, except for her, right? Because apparently she can't be really do anything. That's Lionel's job is to take care of her. So she starts giving him the bitch list. You need to dust, you need to mow the lawn, you need to polish the silver, and he's like I polished it last week. I don't care. Everything has to be perfect for when these guests arrive. So we go into Lionel mowing the yard that looks like it was probably already mowed anyway, but he's mowing and Paquita shows up to deliver the groceries to him. And she cracks me up so much because she just goes into this. I mean, she's smooth. He's trying to tell her about a zoo and she very... Yeah, she very casually straight up invites herself. Actually, she doesn't invite herself. She invites him to take her to the zoo. She wasn't even shy about it. I want to go with... What'd she say? I want to go with zoo. And he's like, oh, you mean to the zoo? And she's like, yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> very, very smooth. Like, I, I guess I could take some notes from her. <laughs> anyway, they, I love the chemistry between them. It, it's really hard to find people that play off of each other so well like that. But they have very cute interactions and they're very quirky. I don't know. It's just, it's just very adorable, the whole thing. Yeah, the cast in this movie, it, it works. So... I, I question a lot of it, the, the effects, the cinematography, some of the shots they chose, but the cast works. 
as, as strange as that is. And the weird thing is, you don't have any really big names in here, right? Like most of these actors and actresses, they didn't really do anything after this. If you if you go through their their filmographies, a lot of them may have only done one or two movies after this. Now, I will say this: the the uh, the lady that plays Paquita, she is an award winning act- actress from Spain. Really? Yeah. Huh. She she won she won some awards in Spain. Wow. Uh, but yeah, most of these folks, they, they they acted in New Zealand, a little bit in Australia, but not any big names, but the, the cast worked. They they, they did a tremendous job, absolutely, because each character, you, you feel something, even if it's disgust, you still, or you know, you hate them, but you tend to feel something for almost every single character in this movie. It's, it's, it's really cool. So while Paquita has been setting this date up, we can see an overhead shot through upper uh, bedroom window that Vera, Lionel's mom, or mum, is kind of spying on them like something's up. And I want to think that she opened the curtain with that same knife she was holding to yeah. kill the bug. She's a total creeper. <laughs> yeah. This is a very Norma and Norman Bates situation here. I mean, we don't know the extent of it yet, but I mean, they're setting it up that way. But anyway, so we get to their date at the zoo and it's a very adorable scene. Um, You can see that the sparks are really starting to fly and they're just kind of having, you know, fun playing with the animals and we get to a shot where Lionel kind of zones out for a second. He gets these flashes. It's it's anytime he sees water, right? He gets these like weird flashes in his mind or repressed memories and you can see water and you can see hands going into the water. But Paquita kind of snaps him out of it and like, come on, let's go. So they go to play with the monkeys and Paquita, once again, the aggressor, decides that she's going to steal a kiss. Paquita and Lionel are watching the monkeys and this monkey throws an apple core at Paquita and she's like, oh, and she takes the apple core and throws it back. Well, the monkey goes to get after it. But then out of nowhere, this vicious little rat monkey thing attacks the monkey and chews his arm off, right? Yeah. And we, we finally get to see the, uh, what do they call it? Simeon Raticus, whatever, this rat yeah. monkey uh-huh. in all its claymation glory. <laughs> Claymation's the best. Don't it's, talk. It's don't really talk crap. It's, it's so I bad. love claymation. So the zookeeper pops out visibly distressed and he's like, poor little bugger. And manages to get this monkey away from the rat monkeys, kicking the cage and cursing at it. And he goes to tell Lionel the story about the Sumatran rat monkey, about how uh, there were these big rats on slave ships and I guess wherever, when they got to wherever they were going, they these big rats got out and raped the monkeys? The rats raped the <laughs> monkeys. I mean, that's... That's their answer. <laughs> that's not something I've ever heard in a movie, like rat rape. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you gotta give it to Peter Jackson. That's some pretty original shit right there. <laughs> that's some pretty jacked up shit right there. So, meanwhile, Vera has been spying on them. She's been skulking around the zoo, watching what's going on, and she backs into the cage of the rat monkey and is bitten on the arm. Well, she freaks the hell out and proceeds to stomp this rat monkey's head in with her high heel until its little black eyeballs pop right out. And now the evil monkey is dead because she got medieval on him. Roll credits. <laughs> no, but it effectively ends the date at any rate. 
and she starts to cry, making a big scene. Oh, my dress. Oh, my arm. That savage bit me. And uh, Lionel's kind of looking at her like, what are you doing here? But then she, you know, oh, Lionel. Oh, help, help. It starts crying and making a fuss. So Lionel pretty much blows Paquita off in favor of his mom. I mean, I love my mother, but I mean, when the getting's good, you get it, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This woman's a psycho. <laughs> but anyway, upon returning home, Vera's berating Lionel about his date. You know, she's giving him the whole, you don't love me. And basically just guilts the shit out of him until next thing we know, he's playing nursemaid. And she's all, oh, I don't deserve all this attention. You're like, you're right, bitch. You don't, you evil sack. <laughs> and then after he gets mommy dearest all situated in bed. Lionel goes up to his room and he's getting ready for bed and then you hear it. Here's Paquita yelling at him from downstairs. So he goes to the window and motions for her to climb up to his window because that's what a manly man does. He has the woman climb the lattice up to his balcony. And uh, yeah, it gets pretty pathetic because he's all, no, no, we can't be together. And she's like, yes. And he's like, no. And then he's like, wait a minute. Yes. <laughs> well, she hands him a rose like, cause he, he's basically trying to blow her off again and she gets her feelings hurt and she hands him this rose and I guess. No, no, no. This is, he's like, hey, I got a hot chick on my balcony. My mom's asleep. <laughs> I'm bringing her in the house. <laughs> and mean, then she, they do. She is cute. Yeah, they, they get with the smashy smash. <laughs> yep. Meanwhile, during the making of the love. While they're having sex. <laughs> We see that Vera's kind of taking a turn for the worst. Her arm womb seems to be pulsating and bubbling and she just looks like straight shit. And I know what a huge fan you are of practical effects. And I got to say that the guys that did the practical effects in this, for the most part, they're on point. Like they were masters of their craft. <laughs> um, it's some of the most disgusting shit I've ever seen. I have some opinions. <laughs> it's it's nasty. Like so it looks it looks bad, but it's still disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, and this is one of them. You got like weird moving shit growing on people's arms and she's got that weird crap on her head and she's really gone downhill. Yeah. So the next day she hasn't gotten any better and the WLWL show up out of nowhere and Lionel bolts upstairs to go tell her mom they're here and she freaks out. She just <gasps> very dramatically and like runs over to her vanity and starts quickly trying to get ready. And while she's trying to put some makeup on her face, the skin rips. And this part always cracks me up so bad because it's the most priceless reaction to any wound I've ever seen. She just, oh. <laughs> so it just gets me every time. It's <laughs> like something I would do. <laughs> well, yeah, we've been there and done that, haven't we? <laughs> and then they do the next thing I would do, which is where's the super glue? Because that's what you do. You super glue it. Well, that's what men do. I haven't seen chicks do that. But this doesn't look like super glue. It looks like that elementary school, you know, I, I don't even know what you call that. Yeah, it, it looks like a bottle of rubber cement. I mean, almost. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't even see that kind of glue around anymore. But my, my thought process was, how's that going to stick? How's it going to stay? And this just Elmer's glue for all intents and purposes. So anyway, so they hurry up and they, they get her prepped and ready to go. You can see that she did manage to get her face on and they're all sitting around the table eating. And this is by far the most disturbing dinner scene I have ever seen. You know, most people say Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but for me, this one just blows it right out of the water. The people that say Texas Chainsaw Massacre haven't seen this movie. <laughs> well. 
It's some gross shit. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's nightmare inducing, but it's definitely gag reflex inducing. Listen, <laughs> listen I'm, I'm good right up to the custard scene. <laughs> when she gets like that nasty boil pops and into the dude's oh. bowl of custard and he just keeps eating it, talking about how creamy it is. Oh, I hate, oh, it's so gross. Yeah. And even when, even when they're not showing that, just the, the man that the lady brings with her, just him eating is disgusting all by itself. The sound effects, I mean, the sound design in this movie is just, oh. Yeah, they, they zoom in on his, like, that dude's just freaking gross when he eats anyway. Oh, yeah. Like, even if there wasn't blood in the, the custard he's eating, just his own sound effects are nasty. I, I'm one of those people, I have a pet peeve with the sound people make when they're eating. I don't watch people when they're eating, because if you sit and look at it too long, it's just gross. But... I digress. The 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 meeting the dinner the lunch is over. Well, don't forget her ear falls off. Oh my gosh! How could I forget? And then she eats her own ear. <laughs> she eats her own and ear. Spits out the pearl earring. Yeah, and the poor lady from the league, she's just reduced to gagging and bolts right for the door. <laughs> and Travis, I know that you're gonna roll your eyes at me, but one of my favorite lines when they're getting ready and her face gets all slashed, you know. He's like, why don't you just cancel it? And she's like, it's a WLWL. And me and my sister, again, I really should be reviewing this with Robin. We may have to have her on sometime because she and I just say that all the time. Like, it's pretty ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, we should. We'll get your sister on here and then all I have to do is the editing. (laughs) Throughout the day, Vera's just visibly worse. Like, she seems to be decaying at an alarming rate. Well, Paquita shows up. Because she wants to warn him about his dark fate that her, I don't know if it's her mom or grandmother, had warned her about. So she goes to tell him, you know, dark forces are surrounding you. And Lionel's just kind of like, what? I don't, you know, I don't understand what you mean. And she has brought her dog with her. And her dog, for whatever reason, takes off up into Vera's room. And we hear the dog barking and then all of a sudden he whines. So we go up to Vera's room to see what's wrong and she ate the poor doggy, Fernando. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's an important plot point here. Fernando is not a Shih Tzu. It's a fucking German Shepherd. Is it? I thought she it was like a, a German Retriever. Shepherd. No. I mean, doesn't All matter. All was left was the tail <laughs> hanging out of her mouth. Like, how did that even, how did that happen? I don't know. Like, I, you haven't seen her dislocate her jaw like a snake to swallow something whole up exactly. to this point. Exactly. She didn't give it that uh, then. Psycho Gorman's warrior's death where her mouth just opens all huge. <laughs> how did she eat a German Shepherd in three seconds? I have no idea. But if you notice, when they go to pull the poor dog out of her throat... It's like a third of the size it was. So it's like, how did it manage to shrink down in like a matter of seconds? I mean, it looks like a squirrel after, I mean, a giant squirrel, but it looks like a squirrel after they pull it out. And Paquita is obviously horrified to what happened per poor Fernando. She's like, your mother ate my dog. So now we're to the part of the movie where it begins to get really interesting. So instantly, instantly Paquita forgets that... This disintegrating old woman ate her dog. And they're like, we got to call a nurse because she looks like shit. So they call the nurse and Nurse Ratchet shows up. I don't know what her name is. Nurse something. What is it? McTavish. Okay. Nurse Ratchet shows up. (laughs) 
and she's checking around. She's like, how long has she been this way? And he's like, ah, since this morning. Because obviously if you really care about somebody, you're going to let them look like they're dying all morning before you call somebody. So she's like, hey, maybe we ought to take her to the hospital. But yeah, it's a little too late because Vera, psycho mom, sneaks up on her and like sticks her hands Ugh. through I the skin on the back of her head. I, I Like through her cheeks. Like you can see her fingers under her cheek meat. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's pretty gross. How many times do you talk about something you get to say cheek meat? Cheek meat. It's disgusting. And she so, pulls her head back. And she like turns her into a freaking Pez dispenser. <laughs> That's one way to put it. She does. Yay, practical effects. <laughs> freaking nasty. And now it's time for round one of Mortal Kombat. Lionel's downstairs trying to fight off uh, his mom, Vera, and the newly turned Nurse Ratchet while uh, totally oblivious to everything that's going on downstairs. Paquita's up in the bathroom trying to figure out which toothbrush belongs to his mom and pack a like an overnight bag mm-hmm. to take her to the hospital. And he's he's trying to get away from these two green. zombies. <laughs> uh, yeah, hers is the green toothbrush. <laughs> And uh, he's he's trying to fight them off, and of course he he does what any action hero would do, and plucks a ceramic bird off the wall <laughs> and uses it like a throwing star, uh, and sticks it in a nurse ratchet's head, and it doesn't even slow her down, not even a little bit. And you know the thing is, is that like through the whole movie, he has another hour after this to pull that damn thing out. And he just leaves it in there. <laughs> he does. He leaves it in there the whole time. Well, maybe he thought it added something to her. it. Was a conversation piece. I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it was statement jewelry or something. Yeah. I mean, shit, he could have cleaned it off and hung it back up. <laughs> something. I don't know. Would you really want to hang that back up, though? Hell no. <laughs> it's pretty gross. It's nasty. So he does manage to get them into the basement at this point and lock him up. And Paquita comes down with the bag. She's like, hey, where'd everybody go? And he's like, oh, well, they've left. And she's like, well, I didn't hear an ambulance. And he's like, oh, no, they took Nurse McTavish's car. She's like, oh, huh, okay. So something that kind of struck me as funny is during the whole the whole fight scene, right? Right up to the end where uh, she decides she's going to leave. Like, they kick the radio on, mm-hmm. right? And it's playing like... <laughs> It's it's one of those old radio shows where they're like they're telling a story, right? The shadow or something. (laughs) Yeah, and it's oddly the story that they're playing on the radio kind of ties in to what's happening, or at least it sort of goes along with it. It's not zombies, but uh, right. If something got broken, they were like, "Oh, you broke my vase over the radio." Right. Like it's it's perfectly timed with what's going on around, so that he is none the wiser. The the people on the radio are providing like mystery science theater. commentary commentary on top of what's happening in the movie and i love that too it's it's another one of my favorite scenes is line was kind of blowing her off you know he's telling her everything's fine you can go and but he's just listening to this radio program and just kind of ha 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 laughing it off and ignoring her and she's just like well i go like i'm leaving and the radio comes right behind her and says you just be on your way then lad <laughs> it was cracks me up it's just perfectly it's perfect the way they timed that and now we, we we go to one of, I probably had two favorite characters. If I was going to have two favorite characters. Okay. Don't judge me. Color me intrigued. <laughs> yeah. Don't judge me. So she leaves, right? And he, he's got to figure out some way to take care of these two zombies he's got hanging out in his basement. So uh-huh. what better way to do that than through the power of pharmaceuticals, right? Because they work on living people. Why wouldn't they work on zombies too? Right. <laughs> so he goes to what we assume is a doctor. Or um, mortician or something. Something. He's working on an animal looks like right and he says you know i'm here to buy sedatives and the this doctor bald kind of weird looking turns around he's got drool running out of his mouth he's and wearing he's glasses like, i'm not that kind of doctor what i'm a vet I, yeah he's like what do you think i am a goddamn doctor yeah <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, first he starts off that awful slurp. I'm, I'm not going to, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to try to pull off the doctor's accent. It's very, very German. Yes. Obviously German. <laughs> and he talks about they were, they were persecuted in Latvia or something like that. And this is fur- further proven by a very strategic rip in the sleeve of his lab yeah, coat. At the end of it, you get to see the, he, he's wearing a Nazi armband. <laughs> But the actor that played it, he he did a good job. He really he pulled it off. He sold it. Right? Because it was, if this movie was wasn't hilarious. weird enough, yeah. we need a zombie need veterinarian. A, a Nazi. <laughs> I mean, not a zombie Nazi veterinarian. Yeah, we don't know that he became a zombie. <laughs> I mean, maybe he did. <laughs> zombie Nazi. You know, they're just they sound so much alike. <laughs> but at this point, he's just your standard Nazi veterinarian. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's like, I don't, I'm, I, I don't have those. He's like, but I do have tranquilizers. So you know, he buys like a. A finger jug, right? Does like he a moon... buy him, though? Because... Yeah, he buys like a moonshine jug full of tranquilizer. Yeah, I just wasn't clear on if he, he just gave them to him or if he actually bought him. I mean, because it's established that he and Vera, or at least Vera, is very well off. So, I mean, I guess I guess he could have. No, I, I get the impression <laughs> that he that he purchased them. Because, I mean, he continues to purchase them as the movie goes Yes, on. yes, he does. So, he brings tranquilizers back to the house. Uh, goes down in the basement and he he gets his little syringe ready with a needle that's about six feet long. It's not really <laughs> six feet long, but it's way longer than any needle should ever be. That's um, just because you're terrified of needles. I hate needles. <laughs> so he gets the needle ready and he's going to give Nurse Ratchet a good shot. And then I don't know something happens. I don't really remember, but he drops it and he's like trying to scramble for it, but he pushes her off and his mom attacks him. Uh huh. So he grabs the syringe and he turns around and this is a recurring thing in the movie. He stabs her in the nose Ugh. with, Ugh. like, he gives her the shot with this syringe with a shit you not. It's like a five, six inch long needle. Up her nose. Yeah, like, is he trying to sedate her or mummify her? I, I don't. <laughs> I get it if it happens once, but every time he gives her a shot through the whole movie, it's up the nose. Yeah. I don't get it. Everything with up the nose and in the balls in this movie. <laughs> Why is that a choice? I, you got me. Right? Of all the places you could give somebody a shot, they're way more convenient places to give somebody a shot than up the nose. Yeah. I mean, I've seen Michael Myers give one through the temple, so <laughs> yeah. seems more convenient. It's, it's an odd choice. <laughs> so this, these tranquilizers apparently work. Yeah. Both of those lady zombies are effectively out at this point. So Lionel decides he's going to go back to the grocery store and talk to Paquita's grandmother and get the 411 on what's going on. So she's basically telling him everything she saw in the tarot cards, like death surrounds you and basically you're fucked, right? Yeah, pretty much. You're screwed. (laughs) But she decides to give him this medallion that is the same image that was on the tarot card. What what did you call that? Start with the licorice whip? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So she gives him that as a form of protection. And meanwhile, during this, Vera has woken up. Okay, so is it just me? And maybe I'm jumping too far ahead, but at any point, did that damn medallion do anything? In the whole movie. I mean... It didn't do anything. Sort of, but not anything that really stuck out to make a it difference. It didn't protect him from shit. No, not really. It okay. just kind of pointed him in directions, but we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. It didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so Vera has woken up and for whatever reason just magically knows where Lionel went. So she follows him to the grocery store and just a about when she's there she gets creamed the fuck out by a bus and flies through the grocery store entrance so of course this brings all the bystanders and so at this point lionel can effectively say hey she's 
dead. Like, there, he doesn't have to go through the whole thing of her getting bitten by a rat monkey. Like, oh yeah, she got hit by a bus. So, kind of an alibi, I guess, for why she'd be in that rough a shape. I guess. Except she was supposed to be at the hospital. Th- that's true. So now he's got to explain his last lie. Oh yeah, what does he say? Oh, I guess they had, they dismissed her early. She got better. Yeah. Well, he's like, I guess they yeah. discharged discharge her early. Yeah, she totally looks like she would be discharged from the hospital. So now that Vera's effectively dead, dead at least to the public, uh, there it's time to have a funeral. So now we move on to the funeral. And everybody's, you know, gathered outside before the service starts. And we get this audacious-ass red car that shows up and out walks the biggest piece of shit in this movie. So if you've never seen this movie, but you have seen Caddyshack, I want you to picture Rodney Dangerfield. But sleazier, but dressed the same. With yeah. a horrible toupee. Yeah, and herpes. <laughs> he's got herpes on his face. Like, oh, it's so, it's, he's, he's so disgusting. Like, he grosses me out probably more than anything in this movie. He's just walking, walking sleaze. So, he immediately goes and starts trying to hit on Paquita, who is very visibly not interested, but that's not slowing him down any. Like, he's... He's he's the worst human being. (laughs) Exactly. And, meanwhile, while this is all going on, Lionel is still trying to give his mother Trank. Why... I have no idea. I mean, for me, at this point, I'd let her be somebody else's problem. You know, because then you could say, because the embalmers could be like, well, what did we do? What did we inject her with? You know, maybe it was something we did. You know, he could have technically just left it alone from here. Hey, they had a lot of money. Clearly, he didn't have to work because he stayed home taking care of his mom and mowing the yard all day. Right. Like, this was his out. (laughs) Like, he could have said, screw this. I'm taking my money and leaving. (laughs) But he's an idiot. Yeah. he didn't do that. Yeah, poor Lionel. He's so tragic. He keeps spending all my money on (laughs) tranquilizers from the Nazi vet. (laughs) So, now we're in the embalming room, and this is another scene that's just so disgustingly over the top. You've got Vera's body, and it's just bubbling with embalming fluid. It shit's flying out everywhere. Her body's puffing up all over the place. Her eyeballs are sticking out. And she has a fucking sandwich sitting on her body. Just like the embalmer's lunch or something. Technically, it was the embalmer's assistant who was played by Peter Peter Jackson. Jackson. That's right. That's one messed up little guy right there. (laughs) Exactly. He's a very weird, kooky character. Well, I say that. He ain't a little guy. (laughs) But, uh... They're trying desperately to get her body intact because the service is about to start. You see this really gross shot of the embalmer, like, kind of, uh, Three three... Stooges style, poke her eyes back into her head. That's what I was thinking. Three Stooges just put her eyeballs back in. Right. So, the service has started, but the body's not in the casket like i couldn't understand that like they're they're having the service the eulogy but the body's not in the casket so they took it out well i know but when they put it back in before the before the service no, they starts? did he was taking it out it shows him lionel he's up there like unscrewing it he, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's right and... that's right i'm a dumbass but we are introduced to Father Magruder, who is probably my favorite character for obvious reasons if you've seen the film. He is my second uh, <laughs> of the two favorite characters. So the first one being the Nazi vet and the other one being this guy because he's awesome. Anyway, so he's giving eulogy where you say all the things, but then he also says that he was, that Lionel was given an abundance of mother love, which 
I love, you know, I'm going to start telling Aiden that, like, our son. Whenever he gets mad at me, I'm going to just throw that at him. You get an abundance of mother love. Okay, so does that not sound a little inappropriate to you? I mean... Mother love? It depends on who you ask, I guess. No, no. Pretty (laughs) sure it's going to sound inappropriate to anybody you ask. Anyway, so Lionel is battling Vera because she has essentially come out of her, I don't know, trank haze. Yeah, the tranquilizers were off. Yeah, and they can end I, up... Can I just point out that this battle would have been a hell of a lot shorter if he hadn't felt like he needs to stick that needle up her nose every time? <laughs> like, in the arm, anywhere, basically anywhere, probably would have worked. So they're fighting and they just go through this glass door <laughs> into the the service and everybody, you know, is aghast and, oh my gosh, what the hell... And he just, like, kind of lays there and holds her. Like, he's just, my mother, I'm so, you know, he's very distraught and sad. And so people take it as, well, that guy had an kind of an inappropriate relationship with his mother. And we're back to Norman Bates. <laughs> so after the service, Lionel's, you know, he's fucked up. This is a lot for this poor guy to have gone through, what, in the span of, like, two days? I mean, yeah, has it even been that long? long? He's been a busy guy. Yeah, and he's just visibly fucked up. You can you can see it on him now. Like, his eyes are all sunken in. He's very sallow looking. Like, he just looks sick. Like, really visibly sick. And Paquita tries to go up and talk to him. And he's just kind of like, shove off. I don't want to talk to you right now. And amongst the service attendees, Uncle Les is hearing that Lionel's going to be coming into some money. So his ears prick right up, of course. Operative word there being prick. Yeah, exactly. So later that night, Lionel decides for whatever reason, this is like stupidest decisions to outdo all stupid decisions. He decides to go to the cemetery that night, dig Vera up. And retrank her? I I mean, is that the point? Or did he intend to take her back home? Well, I assume that since he was marching through the graveyard with a syringe full of tranquilizer, that that was his intent. What I don't understand is why he didn't bring a shovel. And any, did you see a shovel? Yeah, yeah, he had did a he shovel. Yeah. Just, maybe I missed that part. I just... Like, so you're going to go there and you're going to, I don't know, like the needle, it's a long needle, but it's not that long, right? Where you can go through the ground. I never saw him bring a shovel. There was a shovel later in the scene, but I didn't see him carrying one, so. Oh, well, yeah, he did have one because it showed him digging her up, of course, and all that. But that was just my thing. Like, did he intend to unbury her and trank her and then put the dirt back? Or was he going to, like, trank her and carry her ass back home, put her back in the basement? Because Nurse McTavish is still down there. Listen, at that point... If it's me, I'm walking away. I, I, really? She's, I mean, she's right? buried. I'm taking that money. I'm out. <laughs> exactly. Bye. Like, when bye, mom. <laughs> yeah. When it's, it turns into Day of the Dead around there, I won't be there. I'll see you in hell. <laughs> and as he's walking through the graveyard, he's got his invisible shovel and his syringe full of tranquilizer that he's going to stick up his mom's nose after he digs her up. He runs into the greatest danger that anyone will ever face in a graveyard, and that is extras <laughs> from the movie Grease. <laughs> So, what, three, four guys show up. They got their hair slicked back. They're wearing the leather jackets, their jeans, all this crap. Because that's, I guess that's where you just go to hang out when you're trying to be. Well, they're never clear about a time period in this movie. But you get the idea of the way everybody's dressed that maybe it's the 50s. Okay. When you dress like that, it's a choice. It doesn't matter. (laughs) 
when well, it happened. Uh, the girls, is... too. They all wear, like, you know, those big yeah. polka dotted dresses. But anyway, you dressing like that, hanging out in a graveyard, clearly they're up to no good. And they decide that they're going to uh, attack poor Lionel. Which, why didn't stick one of them up the nose of that syringe? I have no <laughs> idea. Like, you got a weapon. It's in your hand. You got a three-foot-long syringe. You use it. For whatever reason, he doesn't. He's completely useless and doesn't do fight back effectively at all but he does scream a lot while they're kind of beating him up and knocking him around and then one of them goes over to pee on his mother's headstone so clearly someone paid attention to this movie because later they used something very similar in tales from the hood yes they did and they... that's another one of your favorites right yes, there. Yes, it is. And we will cover it at some point. I so, promise. <laughs> I just want I just want to be clear. I can't think of anything worse happening than you're standing there taking a leak and a zombie hand grabs you by the dick. <laughs> I'm like, mean, that's got to be the worst. I just keep thinking about that YouTube video. Twist his dick! <laughs> that's, man. Like, worst ways to go. That's got to be, that's up there. That's top five, maybe top three material. I don't oh. know. Anyway, so that that's kind of where it starts, and then it just gets crazier from there. So there's more screaming, and a couple of the guys get turned. A couple of the other guys run away. Yeah, because Vera's going around just massacring these guys. Yeah, and this is when... Uh, what is what? Whatever Father Magruder. Father Magruder shows up. Like I forget what he said. What did he say? It's time uh, for some divine intervention. Yeah, yeah, something or like something that. like that. Like the devil is amongst so, us. Yeah, the devil's <laughs> amongst us. Time for some divine intervention. So yes. he like jumps in there. He's flying around kicking people. Where do you suppose it, he got his training? And then it cuts back, and he's all, <laughs> "I kick ass for the Lord." Best line in the movie, that's, <laughs> easily. That's what makes him one of my favorites, right there. Yeah, and the I way they for the Lord, the way they edited this fight with this like super fast, like Liu Kang style bicycle kicks and like I don't know, just flying here and there, like it's just completely over the top yeah, and his, hilarious. His wire fighting team was ready. <laughs> They were ready. It's, it's a brilliant it's scene. It's hilarious. It's a hilarious <laughs> scene. Um, I kept wanting to like pause it to see if it was a stunt double doing it. Yeah. The cuts are so fast. I couldn't tell. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Choppy, choppy cuts here. <laughs> like it's got to be. It's got to be a stunt double, but I don't know. I don't know. But amidst this fight, we get a severed head that just like flies through the air and lands on Magruder's shoulder and starts chomping on him. Well, that's because he is like kicking and punching these guys apart. That, yeah, that's he's true. literally dismembering them with his bare hands. Yeah, they're just they're flying apart like they're but made it, of nothing. Yeah, it bite it bites him on the shoulder, and then he gets hit by something, right? Anyway, he gets hit and flies up and lands. Well, I think he, he yeah. A zombie, one of the zombies takes him, kind of chunks him, like yeet, and he lands on top of this statue with a index finger pointing up in the air. Something like that. And he lands perfectly on this extended arm. And so you're like, oh, Like, he, he was easily the best part of the movie. Is like, I want a movie with just that guy. Like, yeah, I want to see that the whole training piece. <laughs> like, how, how did he end up there? <laughs> how but, did you end up being the Kung Fu priest of Wellington? <laughs> if priests like that really existed, I would go to church. <laughs> anyway, so... so for whatever reason, Lionel decides, well, I'm just going to take them all home. Well, hell yeah, take them all home. <laughs> Why? He's I don't... all about making good choices. Let's do this. I can I can semi-understand his mom, okay, because that's his mom. No. But why do you need the nurse? No. Why do you need the priest? No. Why do you need this random greaser? No, like... see, 100% from my side, all <laughs> knows. No, you don't need any of them. <laughs> well, I know, obviously, but I mean, of all of them, I, I can semi-understand his mom. No. Semi. Still no. 
But there's no good reason to I keep can't. a zombie in your basement. <laughs> okay. What about Shaun of the Dead? Okay, but he could play video games. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so yeah. So he's starting to take care of them now. Like he's feeding them. He's, it, and, oh, oh my gosh, the scene's just, it's a lot. They're all sitting and eating. I don't know what so that is. So the problem with this movie is that this is about the point where the gore is starting to spike, right? We're, we're uh-huh. definitely on an uphill climb. We're, we're headed for the peak on the gore <laughs> the gore meter and stuff kind of starts to run together because this just sort of turns into blood and guts from oh. here on out. But yeah, he's like frying, he's like making scrambled eggs, pouring tranquilizers in there. Um, he's I like don't know what that was. It's kind of weird the head back and, and like... Putting it down her throat and then tilting her head back up. And the greaser zombie, he can't use the spoon right. And it just like goes through the back of his head with the food still attached to it. And the nurse reaches over. It was his mom. It was his mom. Okay. She reaches over and grabs the food out of the spoon. And he's just like makes this face like, it's not fair. Here's what I want to know. How did he know she took the food off the spoon? Ah, clearly was, he has eyes in the back of his head. Well, he had a hole in the back of his head. <laughs> it had a spoon sticking out of it. Maybe he felt it, you know, the push of somebody grabbing yeah. off the spoon. So this pleasant family breakfast <laughs> gets interrupted by that dick Uncle Les showing up. Uh, He's such a skis. Like, I get it that people like this character, but if he had gotten left out, it would not hurt my feelings at all. It wouldn't have been the same without him. <sighs> If you he's say one of those. So. He's one of those characters you love to hate. Uh, but he's an awful person, and he basically like this is this one's pretty short. Yeah, he goes in to survey the house. I guess like getting a feel for, you know, this might be mine. I mean, he obviously has plans to take it away from Lionel, but he goes in and has the most awkward pee scene I've ever seen in a movie. Like he's got kidney stones or something, and he's just kind of chatting Lionel up about Paquita and just being a, a sleaze in general. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you start hearing these sexual moans happening, and Les is like, hey, what's going on back here? And Lionel's like, you don't need to go back there. Because meanwhile, in the other room, uh, Father Magruder has been putting the moves on Mer- Nurse McTavish. <laughs> she's like running hand up her leg and she's all looking at him like, hey, hey. So at some point they have started porking and that is what Les hears on the other side of the door. And Lionel's like, yeah, you don't go in there, don't go in there. And he's like, oh, you ran into your dad's old stag movies, huh? And for those of you, if you don't know what a stag movie is, it's it's really old porn, basically. So he hears this going on and he's like, oh, is this the one with the donkey and the chambermaid? <laughs> it's, it's, it is pretty funny. I will give less that. That part is funny. And Lionel basically is like, go away, go away. I need, you know, he's like, oh, I, I get it. You need some private time. Like, I get it. And so he kind of does the decent thing and lets him have his time. It's the only decent thing he does. <laughs> in the whole movie is leave. And I just want to point out that through this whole like introduction of of Les, he has this weird glass inhaler thing. I don't know what that's about, but he just kind of takes it out every once in a while and kind of sucks on it. At one point he's smoking a cigarette and puffing on it. Like I don't understand the point of this thing. I I I can only assume it's an inhaler. What do you think? I, I'd never seen anything like it before. So, I, I don't know. Maybe his asthma couldn't be that. Because, I mean, they had primatine mist in 1992. So, I mean, they could have just got that. I have no idea what that thing is. It's weird. Maybe <laughs> yeah. it's drugs. Yeah. Maybe it's crack. I have no idea. <laughs> so, in this tryst that has happened between the nurse and the priest, we find out that she has gotten pregnant. I mean, by the time you figure out that she's pregnant, she's already giving birth. So... 
Lionel comes across their zombie love child and for whatever reason decides that he's going to treat this like a normal baby. He like gets a pram, starts pushing it through the park, although he does have the baby effectively covered with barbed wire <laughs> through the through the opening. But hilarity ensues once the baby escapes this pram and starts trying to attack children in the park. So Lionel's trying to stop this and he basically starts beating on this baby, which obviously disgusts and horrifies onlookers, except for one rando guy who's like, yeah, <laughs> so it always cracks me up. But I don't know. I don't understand his reasoning behind this. Like I would just have had them all locked in the basement. But Paquita at some point runs into him and I think she's on it. Yeah, she's on a date with the milkman. She, she just, I mean, it was really quick. She just dropped Lionel got over it and got went on date with the smoke guy. So Lionel goes back home and discovers that the basement it, door is open. So obviously freaking out a little bit, he goes and takes a look in the basement and sees that everybody's still sitting there. Nothing's changed. But he turns around and sees Les, who has come across his collection of stiffs. So Les, scuzz that he is, is going to use this opportunity to blackmail Lionel. So basically he's like, if you don't give me my due, what I feel like is rightfully mine, I'm going to call the authorities and tell them about this horror show you have down here. So Lionel begrudgingly says, you can have the house, you can have the money. And Les is like, all right. So he decides he's going to go ahead and throw a party. Lionel is, at this point, he's desperately trying to trank everybody in the room again. But as he's carrying the bottle, he trips and it breaks on the floor. So no more trank. And all of Les's friends start showing up, you know, food, music, all the stuff. Party starts to ensue. And Paquita, meanwhile, is on her date with the milkman. And he's going on and on about himself. And you can see that she's already bored with this guy. So I don't know if it's that Lionel has brought her so much excitement in the last couple of days or if this guy's just not what she expected him to be. Anyway, um, so she sees that there's a party going on at Lionel's house and just kind of ditches him there, which I think is funny because he's kind of standing there for a minute talking to himself. Doesn't even realize she's gone because he's so wrapped up in his own story. But when he does realize she, she's gone, he's just like, oh well, <laughs> he keeps walking. But she goes into this party and it's in full swing at this point. Les, of course, wastes no time trying to hit on on him, but he's much more aggressive this time, and she manages to thwart his advances by giving him a shot to the pills and running to go hide in the basement. The basement's the wrong place to be, obviously. She immediately sees all the dead bodies, but then she kind of, I guess the light bulb goes off and she puts two and two together that everything that was in the tarot cards is what she's seen before her now. And she tells Lionel, I don't, I don't remember how Lionel got down there exactly, but she tells Lionel, like, you can't leave them like this. Like, they're not people anymore. And Lionel's like, he seems like he understands, but he doesn't want to quite be rid of his mother yet. Why? I don't know. But they have a bottle of poison down there and they decide that they're gonna go ahead and inject them all with that. And they end up burying them in the floor of the, of the basement. So Paquita and, and Lionel, they go back down to the party, you know, and once they buried everybody, they think everything's 
going to be okay. Well, then stupid ass Les attacks again and Lionel tries to put up a fight and defend Paquita's honor, but uh, Les knocks him down back into the basement and tells him, you know, you better get out of my way and let me do what I'm going to do. And when uh, Lionel falls down in the basement, he sees the poison bottle and notices a huge warning label that says animal stimulant, not for consumption by humans. So he's like, oh shit. And then out of nowhere, all of these zombies pop up and seemingly more agitated and more powerful than they were before. Really, this is the part where we find out that animal stimulants are like steroids for zombies because after this, there's really no holding them back. Right. Uh, they get upstairs and they just start tearing through everybody. It's it's a gore fest. It's, it's grisly. Like they, there's some, probably some of the most creative deaths I've seen. Um, <laughs> again, we can't props, even tell them all to you. The, props to the to the FX guys. I mean, they, they did a great job. Those are some messed up guys. They thought up some pretty creative ways to, to kill people. But it's just, it's a blood and guts show. Yeah, like it's disgusting and over 10, the top. 10, 15 minutes, every, basically everybody dies. Yeah. Except for, what, you've got the, the dick uncle, Lionel. Paquita. Uh, and Paquita. And she's got kind of one little hanger-on chick with her. And one, one chick that she's been bent on the neck. Uh-huh. Or, it's, it's, a, it's a small wound. Yeah. It's a flesh yeah. wound. <laughs> she's kind of hanging in there. But basically, that's that's it. Everybody else is dead. Yeah, pretty much. It's a massacre. It's, yeah, it's just... a full-on massacre. But they all get back up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you get these these handful of zombies that kind of tear their way through everybody and then everybody gets back up. Now they're all zombies. So you got these four people trapped more or less in this house with... Dozens of the undead. Yeah. Zombies everywhere and they're all trying to get at them. But Paquita has barricaded herself into, looks like the kitchen with this little wounded girl. The dick uncle has kind of fought his way around until he's back outside. Uh, he's doing a decent job of making his own way through there it's, defending it's himself. It's the only point where he's really useful. Like apparently the <laughs> yeah. dude good at killing zombies. Yeah. Uh, he's a dick, but he's good at killing what, zombies. What's that thing? He does a really quick cut of him just chop, 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 chop. Oh, yeah. And he has a whole pile of just yeah, parts. Like a turbo Ginsu <laughs> yeah. or something all over those zombies. And it's just a pile of them. And Lionel's doing mm, Lionel stuff. Not he, so he's, hot. he's pretty ineffective. Um, <laughs> let's be honest. He's just trying to survive. <laughs> he is not a zombie killing machine. Uh, as a matter of fact, he gets probably the thing that gives him the hardest time is a pile of guts that come out of the... <laughs> The uh, the greaser guy, right? Yeah. The, the, the extra from Greece. Yeah. So his, his intestines fought and the intestines are chasing him around, which this is the only time where you have an animated body part. Yeah. Um, and they animated the colon. <laughs> So gross. Like of, all the, of all the body parts they could have animated, they decided to animate the colon. Yeah, it's just like a random fart. And then the guts goes and looks at itself. He has this little moment in the mirror where he's like, who am I? <laughs> I don't I don't get it. It's but so weird. Lionel escapes up into the attic of the house. Um, and he thinks he's kind of gotten away from it, but not so much. Because this is where we kind of get the rest of the story. You know, back at the zoo, he had that little freak out when he saw water. And he said something about his, his dad drowned, drowned by a freak wave or something like that but this is this is the only point in the entire movie where this little charm bracelet necklace thing that he's wearing the little star with the licorice whip on it is useful and it points at the trunk mm -hmm. that he had placed over the the hatch that he used to climb up there and he opens it up and there's a, a body and he kind of has this little flashback and finds some pictures in a, a parent so apparently his dad some short short version of the story suggestive photos right Kind of suggestive of his dad with this blonde woman, then laughing, kind of getting close, having a picnic, him feeding her bratwurst. <laughs> it's so weird. A literal bratwurst. <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> 
And then you kind of get the whole thing. So you find out that Vera actually killed his mother, or killed the blonde lady and killed his dad, and he saw it. It's kind of like a repressed memory thing. But now, back to zombies, because the rest of that stuff's boring. The intestines have found their way into the attic, and he, he kind of falls, what, through the ceiling, and he gets caught on electrical wire. So he's swinging <laughs> above the zombies now. It's a whole big mess. It's all very stressful. But meanwhile, Les has... You know, he's been hacking and slashing his way through these and in very sadistic manner that he's taking some of these zombies out, like pulling teeth out and... He pulls the preacher's teeth out. Yeah. He's a, he's a sick puppy. And he's like squishing one of them like a tube of toothpaste. It's so disgusting. Ugh. But he ends up... It ends up being revealed that Vera is way different than her zombie counterparts. She's... We don't really get the full view of her yet, but we know that something's different about her. And she kills less off screen. We just see a big a silhouette of a splatter. Well, and you get big claws. You yeah. You see some big claws. Uh-huh. But she's the original, technically. She's, right. She would be patient zero because she was the one that was originally bitten That's by true. the uh-huh. rat monkey. So maybe it's the zombie virus or whatever this is is stronger with her. Or maybe it was all the tranquilizer. She took up the nose. I don't know. So Paquita and this poor girl, they have been desperately trying to fight off this horde. And they end up just kind of at the end of the rope where it looks like there's no hope left. And then suddenly, and this is my favorite scene of the entire movie, Lionel shows up wielding a lawnmower and, discla- and exclaims, party's over. <laughs> and from there ensues the biggest bloodbath I have ever seen in a movie. I mean, it's a ridiculous amount of blood, but he's just pushing through. And I mean, it's it's hilarious. It's it's He's completely soaked in, in zombie blood. And it may sound like <laughs> we're kind of glossing over it here, but seriously if you've seen the movie that that's what it is there this last segment 90 percent of it is a, just sort of a face shot of him <laughs> wielding a, a push mower that he's strapped to his chest and gets sprayed in the face with fake blood it's in his eyes it's in his mouth it's up his nose i mean <laughs> you know. I, I don't i'll never understand that about horror movies <laughs> Something gross is coming at your face. Close your mouth. It's yeah. nasty. Close your mouth. <laughs> right. So this goes on for a few minutes, but Les does eventually show back up like this weird twisted, dismantled, weird version of him where it's like his spine is like hanging up over his body, like, I don't know, six, seven inches and his head on top. It's it. I, I can't even describe it to do it justice, but it's fucking disturbing looking as shit and tries to attack Paquita again. And she very effectively rips off his spinal column and smashes it against a table well, his head, that is not, <laughs> not his spine. But yeah, smashes his head in. And at this point, it looks like Lionel saved the day. But we do know that Mum is lurking around somewhere. And Paquita's ready to wrap it up, call tonight. And Lionel's like, haven't seen Mum yet. So she ends up showing up and it's huge tits, huge ass. Like, I mean, she's a big blimp of a zombie. And... They try to escape up through the roof of the house and they end up having a standoff with her up there. And she starts, like, chunks start falling off as they're trying to fight her. 
And in a strange turn of events, she actually looks like a giant version of the original rat monkey, wouldn't you say? Yeah, pretty close. I mean, it, she ends up with this like weird like snout looking... And the other thing I found interesting is that they decided that they were going to let her talk. Yeah. She could talk. She's the only zombie in the whole movie that could talk. Yeah. So she basically has this thing where she's going to put Lionel back where he came from. And her stomach opens up and she begins to pull him back into her stomach. To what end? I don't know, but that's where she wanted him. That's where he went. But he manages to cut his way out with the medallion. And he basically has confronted her like, look, mom, I'm not scared of you anymore. I know that you've lied to me my entire life. You killed my dad. You killed that blonde lady. And you've been telling me nothing but lies my whole life. And after he cuts his way out, she just seemingly crashes through the roof of the house and the house sets fire for some reason. Not sure where that came from. And it's not like it's an explosion or anything. It's just fire. (laughs) You know, if that's the most strange thing that happened in this movie, we'd be doing good. But it's not. It's really not. I mean, something else weird is that the firemen show up like immediately. Yeah, but after watching this movie at the end, I was grateful for just a plain old house fire. Right. So we do see that in this fire, though, that the baby was the last zombie standing and he's sitting there crying and it is a little sad. But uh, yeah, that the fight's over, basically. The emergency services show up and Lionel and Paquita start walking away and he decides he, he's going to chunk his medallion. He didn't need it anymore. He he had it in him all along. And Paquita's like, no, 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 don't throw it. But he's like, no, I'm a man now. So he <laughs> chunks it anyway. And then they share a very disgusting kiss and they walk into, walk into the night. That's it. So what did we like about this movie? I told you there were two things. <laughs> the Nazi vet. I thought he was hilarious. And the preacher who kicks ass for the Lord. Um, That's about it. I... <sighs> There's, there's too much to cover about what I love, but for the most part, it's just how over the top it is. It's, it's not trying to be something different. It, it knows exactly what it is, and it's just trying to give you a, a great time and some great carnage, some great gore, and some truly excellent acting. Now, I will say, I did have a couple of dislikes. There, It's nothing big, but some of the gore was a little much for me, particularly being the the custard scene. And I really just did not like the character of Uncle Les. I couldn't stand him. But I mean, those are only two things. So all in all, it's still a pretty great movie. It had some of the weirdest cinematography I've ever seen. Um, It had weird kooky little score to it where it'd be romantic one minute and then scary the next and then just silly you know over around a a kooky movie but i love it it's a great time (laughs) you're you're on your own there like i said those there were two characters that i liked there's a couple of those one-liners in there that are good it's just not for me (laughs) (laughs) so this is not a watch again no it it was it wasn't gonna be a watch the first time but I would say that it's kind of like, uh, you know, what was it? I guess the original New Zealand title of the movie was Brain Dead. Yeah. Right, when they originally released mm-hmm. it. And that's, that's pretty accurate. Just turn your brain off <laughs> uh, when you watch it. Don't try to put too much into it. Don't apply logic to this. That's it. It's just, you know, if you're looking to kill an hour and a half, put this on. Yeah. Haul out your phone. Would you recommend it? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're just trying to kill some time, maybe. Aw. Maybe. You're not giving it enough credit. I, I think Peter Jackson was, it's it's a brilliant movie to I me. Would, I would give a lot of credit to the people that made it. Like, I'd give credit to Peter Jackson for it being an original movie. I mean, it came out in 1992. It's before a bunch of this other zombie stuff started up. 
Credit to the guys who did the special effects. Some of them are super cheesy. Some of them are really horrible, but they did do some really, really good. The score is interesting. It made some interesting choices. <laughs> I do think maybe they add some flavor to the movie, right? Right. But then there's some stuff like in the opening when they're coming into town, like when the zookeeper picks the, the rat monkey up from the airport and he's driving in, you see the trolleys. Uh-huh. It looks like it, it looks like it came straight out of Thomas the Train. Like it's pretty, <laughs> it's, it's fucking awful. Um, I would say I could, this is one that I could do a double feature with the original Evil Dead. They kind of seem like they're on the same level very low budget very weird acting choices and effects and gross out the only thing that i would disagree with you there on is that evil dead is actually good (sighs) it's actually a good movie well i will give you that dead alive does not have bruce campbell and bruce campbell is always a good choice if you put bruce campbell (laughs) in dead alive dead alive becomes a good movie And on that note, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. But I want to give our weekly shout out to our content creator. And this week, I'm going to suggest that you go to YouTube and look up We Watched a Movie. Those guys are freaking hilarious. It's uh, Mike and Jonathan, and they do skits. They do reviews, they do weird, funky songs, they do horror unboxings, and they do like a Friday Night Fights type of thing where they take subjects and fight for them, fight about them for two hours. But please go check them out. You won't regret it. Anyway, guys, we will see you next week with Nightbreed. See you later. Bye. You have been listening to the Golden Podcast. $10 was...